a dick, man. And I'm the one that gets angry. <laughs> Dana, I try to see the humanity in all people. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> Welcome to Damn It, Jim, the podcast. Your weekly adventure into one of the most influential television shows from the 1960s, Star Trek, the original series. My name is Dana Smith, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend and fellow Star Trek enthusiast, Dan Calzaretta. Hey, Dan. Dana, it's a little weird the time we're recording this. Yeah, this is usually when I'm watching the episode. Yeah, I mean, we normally record on Tuesday evenings, and this is a Sunday morning. It's kind of like going to church. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a religious experience for me every time. Yeah. I, the thing is, I, I didn't get any coffee this morning, so I don't know. We'll just have to see how this whole thing rolls. Yeah, well, I'm working on about four hours of sleep, so uh, I've had my coffee and I'm still not awake. So let's see what happens. Four hours. That's not a lot of sleep, Dana. Stupid stuff. My shoulder starts bothering me and I can't get comfortable to just have them cut it off. <laughs> I mean, it's not funny. I'm not laughing at your pain. Yeah, no, I know. I am. Dan, we did get a few comments from uh, Piece of the Action. Jill Haas commented, such a fun episode. Always enjoy watching this each time. Michael White asked, how did the Iotians learn the mob accent from a book? We kind of discussed that. Yeah, yeah, it's a great question without an answer. I want to know, like, who taught them how to chomp gum? Those girls were all, like, chomping gum. Darlene said, great episode. I like the game Fizzbin. It changes every minute. Captain Kirk is one of a kind. So clever. And Victor Root said, uh, Piece of the Action is one of my favorite episodes of the original series. I think I ranked it in my top five of all time. So I hope we didn't upset Victor when we said it wasn't, or I said it wasn't in my top 20 or so. Yeah, I, I really like the episode, A Piece of the Action. I don't know if it's in my top five, but I think it is in my top 20 for sure. I would rate it, yeah, in the, like the top 25. Yeah. So Dan, I was doing some uh, math. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you might want to double check me on this, but uh, I show we have 33 episodes left to go of the original series. That means we've done 46. Wow, it's hard to believe we've really stuck with it this long, Dana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we've done over 50 episodes just because we've had a couple, a few specials like this one. Yeah. We can stretch this out, I think, you know, with specials probably to get to 100 probably. So. <laughs> Our listeners may not appreciate that. I don't know. <laughs> As we were talking last week uh, amongst ourselves that uh, we thought this would be a good point to take a look back and see what we reviewed so far in season two. Yeah. And, you know, part of the reason is that I'm going to be a podcast slacker next week. Yeah, I was trying not to throw you under the bus, but since you mentioned it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm. I'm the one who's usually the problem. Uh, uh, what am I trying to say? <laughs> you had it right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's usually my fault when we have to do like an encore episode because I'm traveling or doing something. The life of a retired man who is studying beer. Yeah, and so this week I'm going to what's called a hop school. Well, that's cool. I, I think it's great that you have this hobby. Uh, it's not even a hobby anymore. It's more like an obsession. And uh... <laughs> It's totally an obsession, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it should be fun. I'm going to learn about hops and how the hops are grown and harvested and used and all this stuff. So Yakima Valley is the largest hop growing region in the world. And it's about two hours from here. 
Very cool. When my wife worked for Coors, she uh, would go there every couple of years and they would uh, check out the hops they're buying and stuff. So, and I know that there's different types of hops, give you different, add different flavors to the beer. So I look forward to uh, learning something new from you when you come back from the school. All right. Well, Dana, before we get too far, don't forget this Damn It Jim podcast is sponsored by Photobucket. Photobucket is an American company with over 100 million registered members and hosts over 10 billion images. Think of all that Star Trek memorabilia that must be out there on Photobucket as we speak. Damn, we know our listeners of our show have a lot of Star Trek memorabilia, pictures and videos, including some vintage images that they would hate to lose. Imagine if you could share your images with other like-minded individuals or groups. All those convention moments, the great cosplay triumphs, the time you got your picture taken with your favorite Star Trek actor, all those moments, Dana. Dan, Photobucket gives you one secure place to store all those memories. No more digging through old hard drives to find your picture from the convention where you got to meet Angela Pettyjohn, who was Shanna from the Gamesters of Triskelion. With Photobucket, you can organize and even create stunning Star Trek themed albums, and I have started this project myself. Yeah, you mentioned that a couple of weeks ago. How's that project going? Yeah, it's going great. Not only have I created a Star Trek album, I've also created a family album of old pictures from my family. That sounds like you're having fun doing that. Dan, it is easy and it is fun. I'm, I'm really enjoying going through all these pictures. That's awesome. Right now, Photobucket is offering one free month to our loyal listeners. What a great way to try it out. And Photobucket is also offering one terabyte of storage for only $5. $5, Dana. That is a deal. How do our listeners get that free month? Well, when you sign up for Photobucket, put in the code DAMMITJIM and you will receive one month free. It's that easy. We've been doing this for about four weeks, so I think that offer is going to expire soon. Be sure to start your Photobucket project before September starts. Beam yourself up to Photobucket today and start preserving and sharing your Star Trek memories like never before. Don't wait because the final frontier awaits your creativity. Visit photobucket.com now and unlock a universe of possibilities. Today, we want to discuss some basic ideas and storylines, some of our favorite and some of our not-so-favorite moments of Season 2 so far. Dan, do you want to start with uh, Best Cold Open? Yeah, so Dana, for the Best Cold Open, I think there are some real contenders here. By far, my favorite cold open is when you're talking about your nipple being bitten by a fish. Did I ever tell you that a fish bit my nipple? (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be worth every penny of the ramble jar, Dan. (laughs) I have not heard this story. That's my favorite. So, Dana, what about your favorite? What was your favorite cold open? My favorite was uh, a muck time. We started out talking about TV dinners. Your parents were like, keep eating that TV dinner and just shut up. You'll reproduce that TV dinner here in a few minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And the funny thing is the Salisbury steak looked the same coming out as it did going in. And the corn, of course, just helped it move along. (laughs) (laughs) And then the doomsday machine, we, we, uh, you had the adult diapers in there. 
Okay, Dana, look, I'll take one for the team, too. We'll both take one for the team. You and I will both agree <laughs> that we'll wear a diaper. Not the same diaper, different, different diapers. <laughs> well, if it's the same, then I'm wearing it first. <laughs> I'll send it to you. <laughs> and adult diapers has actually come back a few times. It has. Kept that going. Yeah, we did. <laughs> why don't we move on to what we think are uh, best and worst episodes so far? Yeah, why don't you get this? one started for me the doomsday machine has been the the best episode i, I really had a hard time choosing this I, I just like you know they they find this ship the captain's kind of on the verge of madness and kirk's back on their ship trying to fix it while the planet killer keeps approaching there's just so many things in this that i really like and, and i think william Wyndham uh really carried that role and really made that a great episode i also think there's a lot of contenders in season two you know there's some real fan favorites Trouble with Tribbles. Amok Time comes up as one that fans really like, a piece of the action. But I totally agree with you, Dana, that the best episode in season two, really from start to finish, is The Doomsday Machine. I absolutely agree about William Wyndham's performance. I think it's almost flawless. I mean, especially he's a guest star. And you compare him being a guest star, and then you consider Angela Pettyjohn as a guest star. I don't even know how they're on the same planet. <laughs> He was brilliant, I thought. You know, what I found interesting, and I think we talked about this when we did the podcast, is that DC Fontana said that this was her least favorite episode. Yeah, yeah, that surprised me. But I, I mean, I think there's just a lot of good things in there. I mean, you know, Spock is trying to talk to the captain and then uh, McCoy, and, and that's one of the times where William Wyndham's character says, you know, get off the bridge, basically, to McCoy, which is something Spock should have said several times. So. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. How about you, Dan? Do you have another one that uh, you think is like one of the best? I do like the funny episodes. I mean, they're a little bit more on the fluffier side. There's not a lot of deep stuff maybe going on in those. I really like a piece of the action. I think it's, again, in my top 20-ish episodes, something like that. It's a good episode. I didn't like it as much as you, but I, I think it's it's good and it still has some drama. Uh, as one of our uh, followers pointed out, the drama comes, you know, where these guys are always pointing guns right at Kirk's head and stuff. So, And there's, you know, some real serious moments in it, but I think the humor carries really well. It's it's great. I mean, I think you see Shatner and that uh, having some fun with the role and uh, the whole driving stick that they did, you know, with uh, Shatner and uh, Leonard Nimoy was just classic. Dana, what about some other episodes that you really liked from this season? I tend to like go for the more dramatic ones, nothing against the comedy, but the uh, Wolf in the Fold and Mirror, Mirror. Mm -hmm. I forgot Mirror, Mirror was in this, was in the second season. And then uh, the Metamorphosis also was one that I really liked. Yeah, as I went back and looked through the list of episodes in this season, I was like, wait, that was this season? It seemed like it was yeah. so long ago. <laughs> well, that's because you took a month off and really stretched things out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm slacking. Wasn't you that said priorities? Priorities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was me. I knew that come back to bite me. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any other favorites, Stan, that you want to throw out there? I liked iMud. Again, I love that character. He is the best recurring character, I think. Maybe he's the only recurring character. <laughs> anyway, I really like him. iMud, Trouble with Tribbles, Piece of the Action. I liked all those. Yeah. It provides a nice 
nice break from all the drama and stuff to have these. And it's amazing that they were able to pull it off so well. Because, I mean, it started off as a pretty dramatic series. Right. And I think in season two, we've seen more comedic pieces than there were in season one already. So, Dan, what about a worst episode for you? <laughs> well, I think you know which one's going to be at the top. But there are also a few contenders in this category for me. Uh, the Apple, Cat's Paw, and Obsession. I didn't really like those episodes very much. I mean, there were parts of them that I did like, but as far as like the entirety of the episode, but the worst episode from beginning to end is absolutely the Gamesters of Triskelion. 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 Okay. So it's that one. (laughs) I thought that one wins or loses, however you want to put it. It's got the trifecta of bad writing, bad acting, and bad characters. But good costumes. Oh, good costumes. Thank you for pointing that out. You're absolutely right. Well, one good costume anyway. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and as I said, you know, I really honor Angelique Petty John as a human being. And I mentioned this in our podcast. I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but her acting is like bad, Dana. Epically bad. What about a worst episode for you? I didn't have to think too long about this. It was the Gamesters of Triskelion. Similar reasons for you. The uh, the acting was terrible. Some of the lines were horrible. Somebody said uh, that line, she said, help me again. Uh, somebody said they thought that was really romantic. Wait, wait, one of our listeners said that? <laughs> I guess I need to know what their definition of romance is. <laughs> I don't see it. Yeah, it was just uh, all that line bothered me a lot. So much in there. I mean, and then finally the, the brains in the jar thing just at the end. <laughs> How many times are we going to see, you know, brains that are running planets? Just old. It's old, Dan. Yeah, it may not be the end of that concept in the series yet, Dana. How about a second one? What if you had to choose another one, Dan? What what would be your next worst episode? Yeah, I, I think it would be Cat's Paw. Although there were some parts of that I liked that I thought were kind of fun. Just the costumes and the acting. The guy who played like the magician, I can't remember what his name was even. He was just over the top. And the way he played that character was just not at all believable to me. I think I liked that episode more than you did. Yeah. And it was the only episode that was really based around a holiday. They released that in time for Halloween. That's true. Yeah. Well, what about another worst episode for you, Dana? I thought about this. You know, I really like so many of the episodes, but the apple, there's a few good things in there. I don't mind that the, you know, the people were kind of primitive and stuff like that. That doesn't bother me, but there's a lot of inconsistencies. There's, you know, some really stupid stuff. And once again, a computer is running the planet and they're taking food in to feed the computer. <laughs> <And> it's just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And bad acts and bad lines. And Dana, one of the things that we did this season was really incorporate a lot more of our listener comments. What were some of those best comments for you? Geez, Dan, there were so many. And I was trying to go through and see which ones were going to be the ones I really wanted to talk about. We have a lot of consistent followers who uh, comment often, like Olivia and Pam and Matt, who are always uh, adding something to our uh, Facebook pages or commenting on YouTube regarding episode five from season two, uh, the Apple Matt Fleming said, guys, I was about to piss my pants this week laughing. I guess I need some of those adult diapers. If I'm going to listen to your podcast, if you can snag the sponsorship, maybe you can work the old Schmitter into the advertising. <laughs> so that is an <laughs> Excellent one. 
on that. Yeah, I love that one too. One of my favorites was a comment that came from Gus, a listener who found us during season two. And he had some nice things to say about you, Dana, including, I liked Dana's take on absolute power corrupts absolutely. He is very insightful and brings a lot to the show. Yeah, I keep thinking I could do this show by myself. (laughs) (laughs) So Dan, uh, best costume for so far in season two? I don't know what yours is, but my guess is it's probably going to be the same. Uh, It'll be interesting (laughs) to find out. I think uh, Shanna, Shanna, is it Shanna, Shanna? How how are we pronouncing her name? I I think it's Shanna. Shanna Nana? Okay. Yeah. Shanna. From the Gamesters episode. That's the, I think, the best outfit, the Jiffy Pop or Baked Potato outfit. However, I did go back and look at some of the earlier episodes, and I think it might be tied with Uhura in Mirror Mirror when she's in the evil universe. What about for you? When you asked me about this originally, I, I made a comment on my page that said, other than Shauna's costume in Gamesters, <laughs> I made a note that Journey to Babel had a lot of different costumes and makeup, uh, including the, the pig face people. And I think it's the first time we see the Andorians. I would agree with you that Uhura's uh, outfit in uh, Mirror Mirror as the on the evil Enterprise was uh, was my favorite. How about a worst costume? Also is from the Gamesters episode and it's Klug. He was wearing what looked to me like a bearskin rug and then had some really, really bad teeth, Dana. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he needed some orthodontia up in a big way. Maybe he needs to go see the kid from A Piece of the Action who's now a dentist. <laughs> And get some work done. Wow, that's an idea. Maybe like <laughs> file those big fangs he had down. So you know, one time I went to the dentist. I have pretty sharp canine teeth, pretty pointy. I mean, they look almost like vampire teeth. And the dentist said, "Do you want me to file those down?" And I was like, "File them down? What? Why? How am I supposed to rip and tear my meat?" <laughs> <laughs> Because that's what canines are for, right? Yeah. Yeah. But some people don't have like pointy ones. I think the pointy ones just run in my family. I remember when I was uh, like pretty young and my brother and I went to see one of the Dracula movies with Christopher Lee. My brother came home and he kept looking in the mirror to see how big his canines were. I, remember, I think it was me that said, you know, everybody's got canines. They just don't look like Dracula's. I probably said everybody's got those fang teeth. You know, I, <laughs> I'm sure I didn't call them canines at the time. Yeah. And so my brother was thinking that uh, his were bigger than normal and that uh, he might be a vampire. Wow. Yeah. Did that last a long time? Like his thought about that or? No, like the next week we went and saw an Elvis movie and then it was like, how could he get his hair to look like Elvis? So <laughs> it's, you know, it was. <laughs> That's funny. What, what, what about a worse costume for you? Even though this episode had Julie Newmar in it, the uh, Capellans in Friday's Child. Uh, I remember that our friend Olivia commented that they looked like draperies or rugs that were uh, thrown together to uh, make the clothes. Right. One of the guys, I looked at a picture today, looks like he's got a pink feather boa around his chest and then they all have these ponytails come out of their caps that are like long blonde hair or something. I really think that they just pulled down curtains from an old house and and whipped these things together. So... (laughs) And then I also point out that uh, even though I like uh, Shano's costume, it's also one of the worst costumes. And then, uh, but not as bad as Tamoon's. It was like a pink outfit with the bushy eyebrows and the giant helmet wig that just looked like a rat's nest. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, it was that was too much for me. Dana, in the series, you and I have both identified moments in each episode that just made us shake our heads or scratch our heads. You would label them the WTF moments, which I think is a you know a very apt description for some of these. What was like the most WTF moment so far in season two for you? Dan, it's got to be in the apple when uh, Spock breaks apart the exploding rock, breaks it in half with his two hands, and then throws one half away and it explodes. You know, and he's all like, oh, this would make a great fuel source or whatever. And then he tosses one aside, which was like so un-Spock-like. Just the whole thing really kind of bothered me. Yeah, that that's definitely on my list as well. I think the number one for me, though, was in Wolf in the Fold. And you talked a lot about this during the episode. Even though Scott Scotty is suspected of murdering women. They never put him in handcuffs. They never put a guard on him. They just like let him go off to maybe kill somebody else. Yeah. And they could have ruled him out (laughs) if he was handcuffed or, you know, something. Right. Yeah. I I have that as my next, my next one. And even though I like that episode, I have that as my next one. Yeah. And I I really like that episode as well, but that's definitely a glaring point for me. Do you have anything else that comes to mind on those type of moments in the shows? The last scene in The Gamesters, and I know I keep bringing this one up because it was just so amazingly bad, (laughs) when Shauna is looking up into the sky and giving that speech about she'll learn and wait for him to come back, and the tears are just rolling down her face. Oh my God, Dana. Horrible. And I'm sure the, the writer that wrote that thought, oh, this is going to be genius. They're going to, people are going to be crying. People are going to be like begging the show to go on and on. And it's like, no, we were, we were waiting to turn it off. We were crying, but not- <laughs> <laughs> completely different reason. Yeah. Yes, exactly right. Do you have anything else in the WTF jar? An obsession with the cloud that comes through the vents. Garovic had thrown something and damaged his vent. Oh, right. Uh, and then uh, the, the cloud starts coming through and Spock tries to stop it with his hands, with his bare hands. <laughs> and even though we comment all the time how you can come in and out of anybody's room, when Spock throws Garovic out of the room and the door shuts, Garovic can't get back into his own room. <laughs> <laughs> That was just, oh man, I look at that one and just it just cracks me up. Oh, that is a good one. Yeah, I totally forgot about that, but yeah, that's really good. Dana, in season two, we see a lot of fight scenes that involve Captain Kirk, which was the best fight scene for you? Well, I know this isn't going to make sense, but uh, it's the best part of the uh, Gamesters of Triskelion. When Kirk has to fight everybody, and when he's fighting uh, Klug the first time, and he's he's got his hands bound, and he rolls in. It's all William Shatner. Don't think there was a stuntman used in hardly any of that. I think you're right. So I was like really impressed. All the stuff, I mean, he's keeping three guys at bay, and then fighting uh, Shauna. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> What's a great moment in Kirk's fighting expertise uh, for you? Well, there were so many to choose from, really. But for me, it was in Journey to Babel when he gets attacked by the Andorian and he does this move where he like, jumps off the wall and then throws himself on the Andorian and, and you know flips <laughs> the guy. And I really like that fight scene. Part of it was you know he gets stabbed in the back at the end of it. But in that one, it looks like it's also a Shatner and not a stunt double. I like that fight, except for where he does that weird kick thing 
thing and that stuns him more than it stuns the, the the Andorian and then he gets stabbed in the back. Yeah. So yeah, I in my notes I have definitely not Kirk's fight against the Andorian in Journey <laughs> to Babel. Yeah. So <laughs> how about another fight scene, Dana, that you enjoyed? Again, there are plenty of fight scenes in this and including in Friday's Child inside the tent. Uh he, you know, beats up on the Klingon and stuff. But in the apple, when indigenous people try to attack them, everybody's fighting to save their own lives and one of the crewmen gets killed, but Kirk is like kicking some major ass in that in that scene. I think he hits like two or three people and really takes them out. Right. Yeah, that was a good one. I kind of forgot about that one. Hey Dan, we talk a lot in the series about uh, you know, Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, but is there a uh, best crew member moment that's not Kirk, Spock, or McCoy? There are a lot, again, I think, to choose from just in this early part of season two. But I think for me, the best is Uhura in Who Mourns for Adonais. If you remember that episode, the communication station got destroyed. All the communications are down. The ship has no way to contact Captain Kirk. And in discussing the situation with Spock, Uhura proposes a solution to, quote, rig up a subspace bypass circuit, whatever that is. But what I really liked about that is it shows how important Uhura is to the actual running of the Enterprise. And even Spock in that scene states something like he could think of no one more capable to the task than Uhura. So I I think it's that one, Dana. That's an excellent point. I would agree with you on that. Of course, (laughs) I go back to Uhura and Mirror Mirror messing around with Sulu, that whole thing where she's toying with him. That's just a great scene and uh, how she holds her own with him. I really thought that was great. Do you have any other special crew member moments? In The Trouble with Tribbles, Chekhov, who's often used as comic relief, where he and Scotty are in the bar on the space station and they're debating whether vodka or scotch is better. And Chekhov says, scotch was invented by little old lady in Leningrad. That was one of my favorite (laughs) Chekhov moments. How about another good moment for you? Well, oddly enough, from The Trouble with Tribbles, Scotty in that whole bar scene and uh, the way he's reacting to the Klingon poking fun at uh, Kirk and then at the ship. And that was just too much for Scotty. And he throws the first punch. Classic. And then again, later when Kirk is uh, trying to find out who started the fight and nobody says anything. And then uh, Scotty finally confesses after everybody leaves. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Well, Dana, in season one, we instituted the ramble jar at some point because we would tend to go off on these excursions that had nothing to do or very little to do with Star Trek. In season two, what have been the best ramble jar moments for you? Well, you know, looking at these, Dan, I was uh, really searching high and low, trying to figure out which ones were the best. (laughs) I'm sure our listeners have uh, different opinions on what we have. One of my favorites was, uh, again, in the Apple, uh, which is full of rambling. (laughs) (laughs) We covered North Shore diapers. Speaking of which, Dan, our new sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) North Shore Adult Diapers. For when you just can't make it to the bathroom fast enough. While you're sitting there listening to us, you've got one burning to go, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) Tired of soiling your pants? Try North Shore diapers. (laughs) We use them and we love them. North Shore diapers. (laughs) For when you really got to take a shit. And then we went into cereal and Captain Crunch. And then we talk about the fact that I like Pop-Tarts. 
my one weakness my wife's been trying to break me out of for years is uh pop tarts brown sugar cinnamon pop tarts my favorite that's interesting never would have guessed you're a pop tart kind of guy yeah my wife has her way i yeah i'm not (laughs) (laughs) you'd be like sneaking them she'd find little stashes of pop tarts in various places around the house do you eat them like uh just out of the package or do you put them in in the toaster yes (laughs) okay let me ask it this way do you open the package before you eat them (laughs) (laughs) they come in a package So, Dan, do do you have a favorite ramble jar moment? Well, like you, I mean, there are so many. For me, though, was when you told the story, (laughs) it just makes me laugh thinking about it, of getting your nipple bitten off by a fish. Did I ever tell you that a fish bit my nipple? This is going to be worth every penny of the Ramble Jar, Dan. I have not heard this story. Yeah. Uh, friends of mine in Illinois lived in uh, on a little lake, staying there for a couple of days, and I went out for a morning swim. I get in the water, and I was kind of just floating around. I saw a group of little fish were kind of like circling me. They weren't piranhas, were they? But this slightly bigger fish came up, and he was like swimming there, and a couple others came up. And I was just treading water there and, and just watching all these fish around me. I was really fascinated. Yeah. All of a sudden, one just goes, bam, (laughs) and bit my nipple (laughs) and took a chunk out of it. Oh, my God. (laughs) And every time you start (laughs) a ramble with, I once dated a girl. Those are classic. During those rambles, I think uh, sometimes our listeners learn something. I know that often you and I go, wow, learn something new today from that. Yeah. You know, it, it's not just rambling for rambling's sake. We are trying to teach people quite often. Well, <laughs> you know, if you want to rationalize it, sure. That. <laughs> <laughs> So, Dan, as we go through this list, and we're almost done, curious, do you think any of these episodes in season two are far better than what we had in season one? Well, it's kind of hard, Dana, these types of questions for me. But, you know, better than the best of season one, it's almost universally accepted that City on the Edge of Forever is the best episode in the original series. However, there are many good episodes, I'd say, so far in season two. I think the thing about season two so far is that the actors seem more comfortable with their characters. The stories seem like they're tighter. So I would say maybe not better than season one, but an extension of how awesome season one was. That's kind of how I would approach that question, Dana. What about for you? I agree. You know, City on the Edge of Forever, classic, tough to beat that one. I think there's more serious episodes in season one because there's there's more humor added. I mean, season one did have the first uh, Mud's Women, which had, you know, drama and comedy in it, Space Hookers. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, the space hookers. I kind of forgot about that term. Yeah. Again, I think I think you make an excellent point that the actors are more comfortable with their characters. For the most part, I'd say the stories are are tighter. There's a few <laughs> <laughs> that uh, maybe not. I think there's equally good episodes for the most part in season two. So Dan, in season two, we've learned that uh, there's more than a couple uses for a phaser. Each episode, we seem to find something new you can do with it in season one we learned probably the first use of a phaser was to stun somebody right i mean they have different settings but we also learned i think in season one that they could use it to warm coffee right most importantly yeah yeah maybe even heat some rocks yeah kept sulu from freezing on the planet what were some others well obviously to kill yeah that's Um, true (laughs) 
and uh, and it's been used as a disruptor. I'm not sure if that's the same as a stun, but uh, one of the episodes they said set it on disruptor setting or something like that. In Obsession, they use it to uh, shave off a piece of the rock. And then we, you know, hypothesized that maybe they could draw an outline of a dead body in Wolf in the Fold. They didn't, but... They could have. Yeah, I think that's an excellent idea. And then I'm sure they've got some kind of device that's basically using laser technology that would draw the outline around a body now. So as we wrap up our review of season two so far, Dana, I have to ask you this final question. Why is Julie Newmar the best guest star in season two? Dan, she's Julie Newmar. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't know what else I can tell you. She's tall. She's attractive. She's uh, she can act. You know, you got a woman that can play Catwoman on Batman. She play uh, Elaine in uh, Star Trek, and before that, she played a robot in My Living Doll, which was a series uh, lasted one year. And you just never ever get tired of seeing her. Julie Newmar should be in every episode. <laughs> And Dana, we just read an article about her. She's still alive, lives in California, raises her son who has uh, some developmental delay, and she is an advocate for people with disabilities. She's a huge advocate for LGBTQ rights, and she just seems like she's a all-around kind of cool person that would be fun to just go hang out with. Yeah, in that article, her whole backyard is like this big, huge flower garden, how she tends to that, and it's something her and her son can kind of do together. It was really fascinating just how uh, how she started this garden and how it has uh, developed and how she talks about caring for it and caring for the planet, actually. She does truly seem like an amazing person. We just need more Julie Newmar. All around in our lives, all together, we do. Exactly. Before we finish up, Dan, we want to once again thank our sponsor, PhotoBucket. That's right, Dana. PhotoBucket, where memories come alive. The go-to platform for all your photo and video sharing needs. So whether you're a dedicated Trekkie or just discovering the wonders of the Star Trek universe, tune in to the Damn It Jim podcast and let PhotoBucket help you capture the essence of your own interstellar journey. Every picture and video you take today is a memory you'll treasure tomorrow. That's something PhotoBucket takes seriously and what makes PhotoBucket different. Compression-free backup cloud storage means your pictures and videos won't lose quality over time. So that picture you take when your son goes to his first Trek convention will still look fresh and new when he goes to his 25th. Remember, use the code DAMMITJIM for a free month of PhotoBucket when you sign up. Dana, next week we're going to actually review an episode, aren't we? <laughs> we are, Dan. We're getting back into the serious episodes with the immunity syndrome. Good. I'm really looking forward to reviewing that one, Dana. Well, Dana, this review was fun. It was interesting to kind of think about what's happened so far in season two. I really enjoyed talking about this. Dan, anytime we can talk about Star Trek, it's always fun. And I think uh, it was a good pause for a minute to uh, look back and see what we've uh, discussed and how things are moving forward with the show. Dana, I do want to remind listeners that they can call us. We did get a few calls this week. We'll play them next week. Here is the phone number to call the Damn It Jim hotline. It is 509 
6298. I'll also put that in the show notes and we would love to hear from you. Dan, it's always great to hear from our listeners and our, which I consider pretty much friends now. We would like to get some more phone calls that we could play during the podcast. Really use that phone number and we'll put your voice on the air. Yep. Sounds great. Dana, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Once again, had a lot of fun and I will see you after next week. Okay. Have fun in Hop World, Dan. And until we meet again, live long and prosper. Thanks once again for listening to this special episode of Dammit Jim, the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Please send us an email at dammitjimpodcast at gmail.com or join the discussion on Facebook, Instagram, X, or YouTube. You can also give the Dammit Jim hotline a call at 509-676-6298. Make sure to join Dan and Dana next week for the Immunity Syndrome. Until then, enjoy the rest of your week, and remember to live long and prosper. This has been a Ramble Jar production.